Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, psychology student, wife, and mama four. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, today I'm here with Adrian. Adrian has been telling stories since she could talk with her psychology degree. I'm going to school for psychology as well. Uh, <laughs> five plus years of writing and comedic background. She is able to craft stories that are insightful, hilarious, and helps us understand the fundamentals of humans. She is the creator of the Strangers Abroad podcast, which I'll link in the show notes where she shares her highly produced stories of the conversations and lessons she's accumulated while on the road. Adrian has performed all over New York City, Los Angeles, and Toronto, and will get on any stage where she can tell her stories without interruption, except for laughter. That is encouraged. She has been on the Best of Risk podcast, the Speak Up and Rise Festival in 2019, and the Pit Solo Con. Her stories have galvanized women to book one-way tickets and made, made grown men faint. <laughs> that part is true. Both are true. I'm not. <laughs> um, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I can send you the video of a man passing out in the middle of one of my stories. Um, oh my <laughs> it's, uh, I'm still surprised by it, you know. Oh, well, I mean, I know... We, I've been saying this on like every episode for like the last forever. We are in the middle of a pandemic, which has significantly changed all of our lives for the most part. I mean, I know there's some people out there like this, this is not serious. This is a hoax. And they just go about doing whatever they are. Um, Not so much for me. And you are, you have been uh, quarantined in the Adirondacks for four months. In the Hudson Valley, but this week I'm in the Adirondacks. Okay. But yeah, in the middle of the woods. In the middle of the woods, I see more sheep than people. Um, yeah, it's weird. So if my English isn't super great right now, it's because I haven't been talking to a lot of folks. Yeah. And if anybody hears background noise, it's because she's, uh, again, at, like recording this in the middle of nature, um, which I love. Yeah. It's my favorite I, I swear, if my husband ever moves me someplace where I can't be surrounded by nature, I'm going to scream. I should say again. Oh, yeah. I used to live in I the agree. middle of a city in Virginia, and I hated my life. Um, so I don't what think city? he's going to do that to me again. What city? Yeah. Norfolk. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't yeah. know where that is. But my so, partner's from oh, Alexandria. It's near Virginia Beach. Okay, like, cool. Awesome. Yeah, right, right next to Virginia Beach. So... Tell us a little bit about your solo traveling. That really piqued my interest. We've had people on before to talk about travel. And I mean, people might be listening and going, well, that's not really relevant right now, but it will be eventually. We're not all going to be stuck at home for the rest of our lives. Oh, I can, you know, I can hope so. But um, so I have been traveling for the past, the better part of the past 10 years. And it, like most American cliches, it started with a study abroad program and that's where I got the travel bug. And then I've done two major like solo backpacking ventures, one throughout Europe. And I touched on bits of 
um, Asia Minor and Africa. And then I did a big one through Latin America. And last year I did, a sh- and those were both like five to eight months. And then wow. last year I only did, I only did Southeast Asia for six weeks, which was like <laughs> nothing. I was like, this is not enough time given. So like, just know that I, the way that I talk about travel is incredibly skewed to how most people think about travel because most people are like, Oh, I get two weeks every year. And I'm like, Oh my God, two weeks. That's like not enough. So low key snob, but at the same time, like it gave me this incredible strength and courage that I know I would not have been able to get any other way. And because I spent significant stretches of time alone by myself and forcing myself to talk to people who ostensibly seemed extremely different than me, um, I learned how to connect with anybody that I came across with. And I started recording those. And I started recording those conversations. And that's how I created my podcast. But, um, but then on, so on, so on a creative level, it gave me, it helped me find like what my purpose is for lack of a better, you know, I helped create, it gave me this time to help create my purpose, um, and help realize like who I, like, what are my fundamentals and my fundamentals are like, it doesn't matter what corner of the planet I'm standing on. Like I want to tell stories I want to have deep conversations with people and I want to make people laugh um, no matter where our, what our backgrounds are. And, and then on a personal level, it gave me like this unshakable confidence as to who I am. And I think that it's really important for women to experience that because obviously regardless of whatever gender you are prescribed to or identify as, you know, there's a lot of assumptions as to mm-hmm. what our lives are supposed to be. And for women, it's like, if you have a functioning uterus, you're expected to pop out a few kids and being, giving yourself like the, sh- and not only that, but like women are, women carry the emotional baggage of friends, family, coworkers, um, more so than men in a, a heterosexual um, cisgender definition of it. Uh, is my, uh, gender studies degree showing right now? I think it is. Um, so, um, I think that it's so essential for women to go out and travel on their own because you see so many things that you wouldn't, you see so many things that contradict the stories that we are told. Mm -hmm. One is that the world is incredibly dangerous, which given that I've traveled intrepidly to over 35 countries on my own and have all of my limbs and organs intact, I can say with confidence that it's not. Um, I definitely recognize that like being a woman also, this is what's really interesting is like being a woman traveling, you think that it's going to be more dangerous because yes, there are higher stakes. Like people perceive you as being more vulnerable People perceive you, but they also perceive us as being less threatening and people are also more likely to protect us. So I personally found that the world was much more protective than predatory and people were more likely to be like, you're traveling on your own. You have no upper arm strength. Let me, I'm going to keep an eye out for you. Um, 
So I definitely found that the world was more protective than predatory, which is not the story that I am told. Like my dad, who I love to the ends of the earth, still catastrophizes like <laughs> things that could have gone wrong when I come back full bodied and like with bottles of tequila for him from Mexico. And I'm like, dad, chill out. Like I am fine right now. So that I thought was really, that's a story that like was totally contradicted. And then the other was like being able to just like, I think that a lot of people roll their eyes at women going abroad and Mm. traveling for a long time because it's this whole like eat, pray, love nonsense. But (laughs) I don't think that, and it's really interesting because people roll their eyes and it like really undermines the female capacity to go out and travel and like find themselves quote unquote. But the reason we're finding ourselves quote unquote is because we are flexing this independence that we are not granted at home. Like all of the expectations that are put upon us are um, like evaporate the moment we get on a plane and we are using our own money to go where we want to go. And it's not the traveling. Yes. It's yes. It's being exposed to other cultures and like, talking to different people, but it's the fact that we are able to flex this independence that women have never had historically ever. It's like something that's just been given to us in the last 10, 20 years, maybe. And that's, and in a patriarchal system, we're like, oh, that's cute. You went to India and you like found yourself. Like that's adorable. But like, it really undermines the strength that we have. And so now I feel like I can be fired, I can be broken up with, and I still have an unshakable sense of who I am. Right. And that's because I went out, I unglued myself from all of the assumptions that are put upon me, and then I put back the ones where I'm like, no, this is what I am. Um, inhale. <laughs> that was a long, <laughs> that was long, but uh, yeah. I guess that's a weird brief summary of my travels. No, I love it. And you know, you're like, breathe. And I'm like, there have been podcast interviews where I say absolutely nothing. So yeah, (laughs) it's really not a big deal to me either way. I just feel like I'm the facilitator here um, of the discussion. Uh, yeah, so that's that's amazing. And I think also it, it matters where you went, right? Like there are certain places you just know when you talk to people, you shouldn't travel alone as a woman. Um, but that doesn't mean every place is like that or every, it's not even like a whole country thing. It's just like parts of a country, like certain like you when you totally. go to, when you go to a certain state there are like or not even a state but if you go to certain cities there are parts of the city that people are like exactly. yeah, I should not walk alone in this part especially oh, there are parts of Brooklyn that there's parts of Brooklyn that I'm like oh no, no, no. I would rather like walk through like the desert of Kazakhstan than than like certain corners of of Brooklyn or um or Queens or whatever. So no, totally. It is very specific, but I've really found that, and this is, you know, like this is exclusively my experience and the conversations that I've shared with other people. But a lot of times people, the chances of you being robbed, raped, murdered, which are like the top three fears. Right. Um, 
like those are, I really believe that a lot of that is kind of determined by luck. Um, Mm -hmm. and if you interact with someone, so like instinctively, I, as a human don't want to jeopardize my safety. And if I attack somebody for whatever motives, that is threatening my sense of safety. Mm-hmm. And most people are like, I don't want to fucking do that. I want to go home. I want to eat a hot meal and I want to be in a comfortable bed. Right. So the chances of, so like, yes, there are places where statistically like robbery might be more prevalent. Um, a lot of that is based on like, are you in the right place at the right time? And one thing that I really instill in my audience is like, do your research, mm-hmm. do your research. I personally stash all my cash in my bra. Like no one is going to, hopefully no one's going to go for that spot. And they're not, I anticipate that like all of my money is in, um, you know, is in my sports bra. And I also have a, there's some really great leggings that have like a little credit card, credit card size, pocket like yeah. right on bone and I use that too. So it's like the worst thing that could get stolen is my computer and you know I'll back everything up and get insured and all of that stuff. But for the most part I'm pretty good at hiding all of my stuff. And like I also have like a decoy wallet. So like excuse me, if someone's gonna wants to snatch something off me, which fortunately not going I've never been robbed. Um, you know, I can just throw them this like fake wallet with like expired credit cards and make them think that they've gotten away with something. Right. So, um, so it is like, you do have to be aware and you absolutely have to do your research, not only in like, oh, is this like how dangerous this place, but like, what are cultural norms Mm. that I should be aware of? So this is a very soft example, but in Albania, the way that they say yes with their body language is by shaking their head side to side, which would be our American no. Mm. So I remember ordering food and then being like, do you want extra sauce? And I was like, yes. And I shook my head up and down and they're like, oh, she doesn't want any. And then I would be like, no, 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 no. And then I would shake my head back and forth and they'd be like, Oh, she does want some. I was like, yes, I do. And they were like, no, she doesn't. And it was just like, Oh my God. <laughs> so if I had done better research, I've been like a little bit more mindful. Um, I, but like, that's just a very minor one where it's really essential to do your research on just like different cultural behaviors that they're going to have. So you can have a smoother journey. Um, yeah. I don't remember yeah. what the question was. I just remember that I started talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I was thinking, you know, off, off of what you just said, we also have to be uh, cognizant and aware of the, like, the, the culture, like you said, but like, so for example, if you go to a Middle Eastern co- or like country, women usually mm-hmm. cover up more. And so it may be inappropriate for us to go and have all of our bits hanging out (laughs) because that's not, that's not acceptable where they are and it'd be offensive. So I I think of, I don't know if you ever saw the second, the second sex in the city movie. Um, 
I watched like the first 20 minutes of it and I was like, I don't want to kill my brain cells on this. <laughs> I think it was like in an, like, it was like an airplane movie. And I was like, I do love, okay, keep going. I love indulging <laughs> in my sex in the city, but the movies were just like, not, they were I remember the good. movie was like really dated. I remember the movie was like really like minorly offensive and like had really old fashioned views of like gender and sexuality. No, absolutely. And so the second movie, they go to the Middle East uh, because uh, Samantha is, you know, public relations expert and she's uh, representing an actor that is going to be like recording a movie there. And Mm -hmm. Samantha, um, they dress appropriately, except Samantha decides to like get uh, very sexual with a guy in a cabana and severely like offended a couple that's nearby because it's not acceptable right like that's something you do there like in privacy like not in public and she was wearing very revealing clothing and everything like that they ended up getting kicked out of the hotel because of it wow yeah so it's something like that that's kind of extreme but it's something like that where you just want to be aware of where you're going and like you said like little things like the shaking of the head but also bigger things like big things uh, you know dressing appropriately what is the appropriate behavior um it may not be appropriate in some company or countries for women to make eye contact with men you know yeah. that sort of thing because that can be seen as like you're being overtly sexual which we would never think of in the United States so yeah it was kind of going off of what you were saying is you got to be really aware of where you're going and you know, what's expected of you. Absolutely. So where has been your favorite place to visit? So I don't, I'm going to hopscotch around this question because I don't believe in favorites. Okay. But there have been places that surprised me. So two places that, cause I, I do believe that like, if I didn't have a great time in Albania or if I didn't have a great time in Honduras, it's very much influenced by who I am at the time. Mm -hmm. Who am I around? What is the flexibility for me to do things? And in Honduras, you can't do that much Um, in certain places. Um, So, so I never write off a country because I think that you can have a beautiful provoking time anywhere you go um but the places that surprised me the most and I talk about them a lot as if they're like ex-boyfriends that I can't be with anymore um (laughs) is Prague and Mexico City and I love them both for extremely similar reasons and you're like those are opposite ends of the world um (laughs) however both of these places are ones that are just extremely colorful they both cultures look at a building and they're like let's fucking make it pink because we can and whereas in Prague it's like a lot of beautiful pastels it's like walking through a Monet painting Mexico City is vibrant and electric and takes all of these colors from the jungle and just splatters them all over the city and I my parents are horticulturists and an artist. So I grew up just like around, surrounded by color. And 
So for me, I feel extremely connected to places that are very colorful. Mm. And then they both are Mexico City more so, but like, but Prague has a river, but like they both have um, a lot of nature embedded into them. Prague has a river, which is really nice to be by. Um, Mexico City does not, even though it once used to be a lake. Um, but the the parks in Mexico City, and and no, actually Petron Hill in Prague is gorgeous. Um, I so I take that back. But uh, so the parks in both of them are just so lush, and I, I like I grew up in the woods, so like, I just always want to be surrounded by trees Same. and. Mexico City specifically is it's a place that has never seen a pair of pruners like no one like there's agave plants that are like taller than my dad and people will like graffiti into it you know they'll be like m plus e and like so there's these graffiti cactuses and which I just like love and they're like literally uprooting some of the streets and you know like you really have to like the pave the sidewalks are like rippling because you have like these roots trying to like get up under it but they're still like no we're not gonna take down this cactus or this palm tree because it's beautiful so I love that and then both cities like have such incredible art like the Czech Republic was you know, is, is such a home for classical music. And also during communism, they really leaned into abstract art and literature because everyone's heads were spinning during the Cold War. Um, so, so they really leaned into like, um, like glass blowing and very strange stories. I don't know if you've ever read Kafka, but it's just like really dipping into the abstract world. Whereas in Mexico City, like, God damn, everyone is some type of an artist and musician and there's just music on the streets all the time. And a lot of their art is inspired by peyote trips and being in the desert for long periods of time. And a lot of like Mayan and Aztec influence like blending with modernity and it's just like I fucking love it I don't know if we're allowed to swear I, oh, I said yes. that long so you could <laughs> so you could edit that one out um but I love I love both of them for the same reasons and they both provide very different things like Mexico City has a pulse that I have I haven't felt anywhere else in the world and whereas like Prague is very calm and it's like depressingly beautiful and you can still kind of feel the heaviness in the air from, from the cold war. And, you know, they've just been the past hundred years, they've just been tossed around between different empires and um, they really haven't had their own, they really haven't had their own like spot. And they're very incredulous against Americans because they're like, are you just going to take over soon? So <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's a hesitation there. Um, but I love, I don't know. I just, I love both of them. I love both of them. Um, yeah. So those are the places that surprised me the most. So when you were talking about, uh, Prague being incredulous against, um, Americans, 
it made me wonder. Uh, so my husband has uh, visited quite a few countries with his with his job, and uh, he he will say, you know, he's like, I love Norway. Everybody there was so nice. And if you walked into a store and you were speaking English and they heard you, like say, like he went with a buddy and they were speaking English, he was like, everybody in the store would just switch over to English. And he was yep. like, I I asked them why, and they said they thought it was rude. Um, to be speaking Norwegian when they were speaking English because they're like we didn't want you to think that we were speaking about you and he was like that's amazing but he's like then you go to France <laughs> right and it's like the opposite like <laughs> I was the complete opposite yeah. oh my god I've spoken I've spoken really broken Spanish and people in Latin America, and I do say this generally because I got the same response, people in Latin America were like, oh my God, you're doing so great. Whereas I've spoken flawless French in France and they just respond to me in English. And I'm like, God damn it, guys, like you are, huh. And so when it comes to the Czechs, like a lot of them don't actually speak that much English and they don't really care to and if I'm being, and like, but there, and there's an austerity, there's an austerity there and low key, like I'm Czech and I'm a very friendly person, but I also really like, I'm very introverted and don't always like being interrupted. And my American formalities have taught me to smile and ask like how you're doing. Whereas the Czechs are like, stop wasting my fucking time. They're like, <laughs> like literally I have been like, this didn't happen to me, but this happened to a Hungarian friend of mine. She asked her Czech coworker, she's like, hey, how's it going? Like, it was Monday morning, getting the coffee, all that stuff. And her coworker was like, don't waste my time with these questions. And the Hungarian was like, that's so fucking rude. But my Czech friend who was sitting right next to her was like, no, stop wasting her time. Like, who cares? Um, so there, it was really interesting to be in a place where I could kind of let go of my American formalities or as they think fakeness and that was a really interesting thing to observe on how like I ask people like oh how are you but I don't really care about the answer right. you know like I don't um yeah I will often get people I don't know I have this energy that just draws people to me that will want to tell me all of their problems in the entire world. And as much as I appreciate being that safe space, there's some days where I just don't have the energy for it, but totally. I'm still like really polite, like, yeah, like whatever. I'm not, I mean, I'm not fake. Cause I, I care to an extent, but like I am emotionally tapped and I'm like, I just don't have it in me today. But then, you know, like, right we're taught as Americans that it's rude if you're just like, nope, not today, Satan. Like, <laughs> right. So I was wondering, like, you spoke a little bit on this. Like, um, did you find in certain countries that because you were American that they were like, mm -mm, no, we don't like Americans. Oh. Like, because um, some countries people are like, mm, Americans are awful. <laughs> It really depends on who's president, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but I also, I also, I, I actually, <laughs> I'm gonna use a little bit of ego here. I'm like, I will often introduce myself as a New Yorker, and New York looms large in the psyche of everyone else who doesn't live there. And yeah. 
So a lot of the times people are glitzed and glamored by that and they kind of bypass the Americanism for a little bit. And then I can, you know, and they're like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like you're from New York. Like why wouldn't you just be there? And I'm like, it's not all that it's cracked up to be. Um, I love it. I do miss it. I do miss it a lot, but it's a very hard place to live unless you have a million, I guess maybe $5 million, even a million dollars is hard there. Um, so a lot of the times it gets looked over and during the Obama years, like people were like, Oh my God, Obama, he's like the fucking best. And I was like, ah, right. no. And then last year I did Southeast Asia. Um, <laughs> and it was really hard to hopscotch around he who shall not be named. And <laughs> Because, and this is the problem. And like, it's, it's tricky because, and people will kind of bombard you about our politics. Um, right. And it's tricky because so few Americans actually travel. And less, like somewhere between 30 and 40% of us have a passport. So there isn't big personal representation. However, there is massive representation in our news, in our culture, in our, like we export our culture. So people like think that they understand what America is, but they don't get a lot of interactions with the actual Americans. So then when they see us, they vomit all of their curiosities on us. <laughs> but last year, like I remember I was sitting in the back of a truck on an island off of Thailand. I was trying to get back to where I was staying. And there's this Aussie guy. And if you're white in, in Southeast Asia, you're obviously not a local. So people right. will like disperse you and speak English, um, which is fine. And, and he was like, he recognized my accent and he was like, oh, what do you think about, you know, Donnie? And I was like, I'm on my vacation. Like, I don't want to talk about my politics right now. And like, don't, he is synonymous with anger. Don't make me angry right now. Like, don't, that is really, I mean, in my eyes, I was like, this is really fucking rude. You're not even going to say hello to me. Right. You're, just, you're not going to try to get to know me as a person. You're just going to jump into the politics of my country because the individuals of that country are not a direct representative of that country. You know, right. the individuals of that country are nuanced. The governments, if anything, are more similar to each other than the general population is. So, so yeah, so it definitely does depend on who is president. But then at the end of the day, like I've gotten a lot of, I got a lot of like, I can't believe you're an American because I am very friendly and I am intelligent and I'm not overweight. And like, that's the assumptions that a lot of the world has is that we are these ignorant massively obese individuals, which like is, you know, our education system is crumbling and we're not given, um, we're not really taught to critically analyze things. And we make a lot of decisions off of our emotions instead of like logic and morality. So like, it is really tricky because that does exist. But then there are a lot of us who contradict that as well. So I don't know. So that's what it's like to be an American, I guess. But again, only my experience. No, I have similar experiences because I have friends that are not in our country. And what 
what people, and I've asked them like, what do people in your country think of Americans? And it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> especially it's right really now. It's really not good. <laughs> like yeah, right no, now, it's right really now. bad. He's one, they, yeah. they're like, why would you guys vote Trump in? And I was like, I did not. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I did. like I did not and then they'll be like they'll see they, they see our news and they see news about us like and they think it's all of us like why are you guys doing this why are you guys I'm like it's not that that is not, not all of us and then um my friend who is from Australia <laughs> when the protests were going on here not the protests that are going on now the ones about like reopen the economy. I don't want to wear a mask. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, I need a haircut. She <laughs> sent me this news article from Australia that was titled zombie hordes <laughs> attack America. <laughs> like actually, well, we're the only country that seems to have politicized COVID and it's like, yeah. that's actually maddening. You know, like in 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 what capacity is our general public health somehow a weapon now? So it's just like, but this is what they see. Do you know what right. I mean? And that's not all of America, but like it is a just like a really inordinate um, percentage. It's wild. It's wild. Yeah, our the critical thinking skills for many many people are very low. Like uh, they will share some things and I'm like, did you, did you even do your research? Did you miss the, the English class where they taught you what a reputable source is and that's not Twitter? Like, right. Right. It just, it's mind blowing right now. And you were talking about like the difference in societies. Like there are countries where it's a collectivist, like Asian countries tend to be collectivists. Like what you do affects the whole right yeah. we as americans are more individual individualistic and um, myself and i yeah I, I i have um a family member who commented under one of my posts and was like why don't you just focus on you and your family and not worry about what's going on like outside of that like bettering uh, yourself would be if we each focused on bettering ourselves the world would be better and i was like i disagree i can focus on bettering myself and my family and focus on taking care of them and also focus on bettering the world. It's not mutually exclusive, but I feel like most Americans. It's not mutually exclusive. And also you need to be diversifying Mm -hmm. your mindset. Like you need to have outside, like you need to have outside influences. You need to like be able to talk to people outside of your own family and interact with them and come to terms with like, Oh, you see things differently. And maybe I will take and adopt some of the ways that you think differently. Or maybe I'll be like, you know what, the way I'm doing it, I feel super fucking happy about it. So you absolutely need to have that like push and pull to your thinking as well. Well, a friend of mine uh, lives in in South Korea because her husband is stationed there with Mm -hmm. the military. And she said the the way they reacted as a whole to COVID and how they came together as a collective to, you know, take care of each other was just so starkly different than the what's happening in the United States. Right. Like completely different. Wow. 
She's like, people, they said, wear a mask. People had no problem wearing a mask. Like they said, please uh, minimize going outside, social distance. People have no issue. She's like, in South Korea has really low uh, numbers. Like, but then you come here and people are like, no, I don't want to wear a mask. No, I don't want to socially distance. No, I want everything to open back up. No, I'll hang out with as many people as I want. You can't tell me what to do. And it's just, I feel like some countries just have this, this mindset and it, it, we went completely like differently but I, it's just a comparison yeah, and, to, see what, and look at where we are right like florida alone has worse numbers than other countries right and our and i remember hypothesizing this with my partner in the beginning of like is our right to privacy and is our um independence actually going to be the thing that gets us in the end. And so far it's showing us that like, yeah. And honestly, like I'm not exempt from that. I'm on vacation right now. I am fortunate to be in an area where I'm like, there's limited contact. New York's numbers are really good right now. And I'm not getting close to anybody within, but I am technically traveling. And part of me was like, I want to go on my vacation. And and I'm honestly surprised and then absolutely not surprised that every other cabin here is full right now because everybody else was like, I'm going to go on vacation. So like, yeah, it's just, I am noticing those, that those philosophies are still very much embedded within me, even though I have been quarantining and socially distancing and like trying not to impede on anybody else or get and like right. worse than the pandemic. So I don't know. We all contain multitudes. Well, we have to weigh our risks, right? Like uh, our country is not set up, unlike other countries, for us to be closed down forever. Like our government did not take care of its people. It it, it hasn't, and it's still not. Like they're squabbling in Congress about like how much money they're going to spend to help people when shit's like closing down all over the place again. And I'm like, every, not every other government, but a lot of governments were like, we're shutting down. We're taking care of our people. Like this is the money yeah. we're going to give our people so that they aren't like, they're still able to pay their bills. Like our government failed us and it, it's still failing us. So, but we yeah. can't stay closed down forever and we can't stay stuck in our houses forever. For example, my husband's job frequently takes him away from the house for long periods of time. And mm-hmm. So I'm here by my, with my kids, by myself and, and for my own mental health, I cannot like just stay in my house with my children. I need to actually go and be around other human beings. So I, but I've been weighing my risk, right? I'm like, I have a select few people, like less than a handful of people. I go around and I'm hoping they're doing the things like they say they are so that we can all stay safe. Um, my sister, like my, we just got pissed off because my sister was supposed to come visit me, but then, oh, this is a long story. Her, her, uh, significant other's ex took one of their children around somebody who is symptomatic. So knowingly that they were symptomatic, took their kid around that person and then brought that kid back to my sister's house without saying a word. So... Mm the kid and the mom was, were exposed. And then my sister's household, they're waiting to see what the results are from the kid and mom to see if they have to be tested because now they've been exposed. And so my sister and I were just like, we were pissed at the negligence and the inconsideration of this twat waffle. Um, 
<laughs> That's what I'm calling her now. Uh, but we were also pissed because my sister was supposed to come visit me like this weekend and now can't because right. of the inconsideration of this person, you know? And like, when we're talking about this, I'm like, well, that's kind of like minor in comparison to everything's going on. But then again, I want to be, I want to see people every now and then. And we are trying to be careful. And her and I were both the two weeks leading up to her coming here. We're very careful of like, who are we around? What are we doing? So we don't give it to each other. So it's just, you know, we have to weigh our risk. Our government isn't taking care of us. So we can't stay closed down forever. And we also can't stay isolated forever because it's definitely not good on our mental health. No, not at all. So, I mean, you're doing the things, right? You're like in a cabin, kind of secluded from everything. You're not really like going yeah. out and partying. <laughs> no, not at all. So, I mean, it, uh, long story short, uh, other countries, um, especially in your experience, handle things and, and have a, a many different cultures that are very diverse compared to ours. Diverse, or do you mean different? Because America's pretty different. diverse. Yeah, yeah, no, difference, okay. right. Yeah, diverse, yeah. yeah. We are very diverse in the people and beliefs and um, all the things. Yeah. Um, but different, different than we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yes. So as we wrap up the podcast today, because the time goes by super fast, mm-hmm. what is something that you would like to leave the Inspired Women audience with? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I know that advising to travel right now would be negligent. You can be um, careful but, in travel. But I would say I really wouldn't recommend traveling right now outside of your own state. But, and also depending on what state, if you're in Texas, right. please don't leave your house. If you're um, in Florida, just stay but, home. Just yeah, don't, just stay don't home. leave. <laughs> But um, I would say that this is a wonderful time for reflection. And this, mm-hmm. is a, this is a moment of pause that I don't think that we as a collective society would have ever given ourselves. So this is a really beautiful moment to take everything into consideration and be like, am I living the most adventurous and wild and fun and meaningful life that I can be living. And for me, that includes lots of travel and it doesn't have to for you, but I really want women, women's lives and stories have been dictated to them for centuries. And we Mm -hmm. are the first generation of women who have this freedom that has never been granted to us before on like a mass scale. And I just really want women to go out and be like, am I really living the life that I want? And if that means having children, amazing. If that means not having children, that's okay. If that means having a partner, (laughs) phenomenal. If that means being single for your whole life and having a series of fuckboys, that's beautiful. So like just really, (laughs) you know, just really taking into consideration, like, am I living my life? Because once I have like... I would say the things that I felt extremely called to go out and travel. Like I never questioned it and I followed what like needed, what like my, what my soul, what my gut, whatever that intuition was. I'm, I'm a high, I'm ENFP, so I'm a strong N. And, um, and so I followed that and I was able to really like see myself for who I was and 
it allowed me, I don't know. I like, I ended up, oh God, I'm just trying not to fall in the cliche of like, I found myself, but I really did. And I wake up every morning knowing exactly what I want to do. And I don't have this like existential, it could have also been because like I'm in my thirties now. So like all of the existential dread that you experience in your twenties is gone. And at least because I did the work, you know, like I did Mm -hmm. the work to figure myself out. I did the work to be uncomfortable. And now I wake up every morning and there's a lack of that. Like, what am I doing with my life? And that's, I think that is so much because I gave myself the time to really explore. And I really want women to take this opportunity to be like, am I living like the richest life that I could be living? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like this is a time where we can really reflect on where do we want to be? My, my husband and I were talking about this, about how, you know, when he retires from the job he's in right now, which he can retire relatively young and start a new job and then retire from that one. It's great. Um, Mm -hmm. I said, whenever we get to where we're going to permanently be in a couple years, these are some things that this pandemic has shown me that I actually want to have happen. Like, so that like, if this happens again, (laughs) we we are in a different position, you know, and it, it really shows you like, what do you, what do I want out of life right now? Like what is not fulfilling me? And, um, yeah. What is non-negotiable Yeah, for me? Like I never thought that, you know, I've been traveling. I haven't had like a home home in like 10 years. And now that I'm away from Brooklyn and I'm living in the country, I'm like, Oh wow. I absolutely need to be around nature. Like that's going to be a non-negotiable is like, and so Loki, my partner and I've been looking at a lot of real estate when we go on walks around our town, um, masked walks, walks around our town. And, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so it's like, and I, Adrian, if, how do, how do I want to say this? Like the Adrian who would have stayed in Brooklyn would have still had this weird, like longing for nature, but never might not have realized like how how incredible is it to wake up every single day in it? Or at least know that I have direct and media access to it. And I want that like bougie dream of having my apartment in Brooklyn and then like having a place upstate close to my family. Um, So yeah, I would have never, that wouldn't have settled for me for probably a much longer time. Right. Well, Adrian, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing with us about your travels and different countries and your experiences and, you know, then us linking it to what's going on today, where hopefully in 2021, things will be calmed down and people can start planning some travels and experiencing new things. And that would be really yes. great. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I hope everyone is I hope when this comes out, things have settled a little bit more, but that's what I thought back in May too. So, right. That's what I've been saying for months on this podcast. I hope it's settled, but like when this comes out in the fall, I'm not, uh, they say second wave is coming in the fall. So like, uh, yeah, I mean, people are talking about how it's second wave right now. I'm like, no, these States never came off the first wave. (laughs) Exactly. No, exactly. New York and Connecticut and like the States that actually have flattened their curve start to go back up. That's the second wave. 
So exactly. anyways, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much. It's been a delight. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.